I have to say I probably underestimated the sense of responsibility I feel to a team of, you know, mostly young people um, and people who I care really deeply about. You feel responsible for people's livelihoods and their careers and their futures. Um, to watch that be out of your control is, um, is tough. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. During the pandemic, we've seen the restaurant industry on its knees, the travel industry grounded, and the food media crumble with journalists losing work and budgets slashed. But what of the connective tissue between these? Public relations and marketing agencies. With travel postponed, restaurants closed, and a shrinking food media, what impact has this had on the vital cog between them? Janine Brabozia is the owner of award-winning restaurant, lifestyle, and destination brand specialist, Crew Media. Janine, how do you do PR in a pandemic? <laughs> Hi, Huck. Um, I think the answer is that you, you do a lot of things that aren't just straight PR during a pandemic, um, that just help your clients survive and, and also help your team stay interested and engaged and, and as positive as they possibly can be when they're hearing a lot of, a lot of sad stories from, um, from clients that they dearly love. Well, that's interesting that you just mentioned about ensuring that your clients survive, but, you know, you've been sort of battling to make sure your company survives as well. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, you know, it, it's funny. We we actually thought we were quite a um, a diversified business um, going into this. We we started very much in the in the restaurant space, and um, and while that still makes up a huge percentage of our business, um, we also moved into wine and into products um, that are that are all restaurant and food related, um, and then also into travel and destination. But all of those industries were hit. So, um, so really 80% of our client base was severely affected and um, that translated directly to, to our business um, and was, was almost, I mean, we're, we're part of the industry. That's how we see ourselves. So we felt the effects exactly the same way, really. What was the impact on staff and the way that you run your business in that sort of that period when, you know, the, all of those sectors shut down? Um, well, it was sudden. It was, um, you know, from one day to the next, we, you know, our phones basically didn't stop ringing with client after client saying, look, I'm so sorry, but I, I no longer have a business. Um, I no longer have a, a product to promote. And um, most of them hadn't, you know, our favourite word, pivoted yet. Um, they were they were just closed businesses and um, even the ones that we thought perhaps wouldn't be affected, the, the wine and the spirits and the, you know, produce um, and, and then obviously the hotels and, and tourism bodies, et cetera, they, you know, it was call after call and we, we basically just sat there just watching, um, just watching client after client leave and, um, and go on hold and hearing these awful stories. Um, and it was really... It, honestly, it was truly, it was heartbreaking and it was very difficult for, for the team because they were trying their very best to be positive and think of ideas for 
their clients, but knowing that, you know, none of us knew and, and our business was also fighting for survival. Well, well still is fighting for survival. Um, so it was, a, it was a really, you know, it was, while it was an inspiring time to then see them move into that, that phase of, of pivoting and helping them do that, it was also a really, you know, I think, I think we felt quite angry. We felt angry on behalf of our clients um, and the way this industry felt so particularly targeted. Um, it, it just felt, it didn't feel fair. You know, we, we kind of, I guess we're in the privileged position of seeing how, um, how our clients run in a very detailed way. We, we kind of understand all of their challenges. We, we hear daily how hard they work, how low their margins are, um, you know, how much they care for their teams. It's, you know, it was really, it, it didn't, it wasn't a great feeling. Um, and then we started to see the inspiring stuff. You know, we started to see them rise up and after that initial few days or weeks of paralysis, um, the amazing things started happening and and we just rallied and just got stuck in um, and were, were basically on the phone 24-7 to to clients just saying, okay, how do we, how do we now do this? What do, what do you need from us? How can we be um, all the things you need us to be, um, you know, and learning new skills fast, really. Has this period of time changed the way that you operate as a business and the way that you deliver um, sort of that sort of brand specialisation and PR to the market? It hasn't changed in terms of us walking away and saying, gosh, now we need to work with vacuum cleaners and, um, you know, <laughs> industries that that are not <laughs> affected. Um, we are still specialists and we will never not be, ever. It's been it's, – it's a tough time to ride but we – we feel we're part of the industry, so there's no walking away from it. There's no, there's no pivoting our business model to to work on um, on a different category. We we are we are restaurant and hospitality PRs, and we'll never be anything else. Um, so in that way, it hasn't changed anything. We have the same kinds of clients, and um, and many many of whom we've worked with for gosh, nearly a decade. Um, but does it mean we have to be more diversified? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're doing so many things that we've never done before. Um, I mean, really anything to do with with our clients' communications. We're doing, we're helping them with their staff comms, their crisis comms, their, you know, direct-to-customer communication, their social media, obviously, their websites, their media buying, like, you know, whatever, what it, basically whatever it takes to keep them keep them going, keep them in um, in their communities um, sort of front of mind, really. I think a lot of people that aren't in the PR game just think that it's about press releases and facilitating exclusive stories, but there's much more to it. Can you give us an idea of what it might take for, for, for a client and the role that you play in delivering their message? Yeah, I think... Um Look, essentially, we see ourselves as an extension of our clients' business. So, we we certainly, while media relations is definitely part of what we do, and it probably used to be a much bigger part. You know, when I started this ten years ago, media relations was 
uh, you know, probably most of what we did. Um, but as everyone knows, that the advent of social media and of just the way we communicate and how much content there is out there, it's not just about media anymore. Um, so our job is to communicate really the the heart and soul of what our clients do um, across any channel, no matter what it is, whether that's, you know, um, as simple as flyers and EDMs to their um, customers, you know, email marketing, um, all the way through to, um, yeah, what they're saying to media and, and how that message comes across in media. We're there to, we're there to help them create their brand or, or um, communicate their brand but also protect. Uh, I think that's also really important. Um, so we, we're very heavily involved in making sure things are on brand and things are, um, are true to, to who they are and, and what they, you know, what they believe in as a, as a business from a, a moral and ethical standpoint as much as just what they're, what they're trying to do to drive bums on seats. As you alluded to just a bit earlier, Crew Media, it's 10 years. Uh, I think this August you, you told me before we started recording this. Yeah. How much has the media and restaurant industry changed in that time for you? A lot. Um, a lot. I mean, everything has got faster. That is that is for sure. Um, you know, media, I guess if you if you look at media, we, we're all um, – we're all very aware of the the changes to the media landscape. I mean, again, they've been pretty pretty heartbreaking in so many ways. Um, you know, we've seen magazines and and newspapers and um, any number of outlets and really talented journalists just lose their jobs, not just through through this pandemic period, but but before. Um, I mean. Back in the days I was back at ACP, we thought that was the beginning of the end, you know, in terms of ad revenues dropping and um, things just being a lot more competitive and a lot tighter and and that's just that's just continued, um, you know, to a point that you don't think it can get any worse and then it and then it does. But at the same time, there's all these other channels. There's so many things that we all have to be aware of that um, that mean that it's not just about being on top of media and knowing knowing what's happening there it's it's also um social media and podcasts and radio and outlet you know so many outlets really um so that's been a huge change and then and then restaurants themselves and hospitality i mean it's just so so competitive and there was a time where you were a new restaurant and you were reviewed favourably and you could expect to be busy off the back of that. Um, and that's not the case anymore. You know, we have to be we have to be across so many different channels to make sure that there's even even cut through in people knowing that a restaurant exists, let alone thinking that they should go there over the the myriad others that that exist. So it's a huge change. PR sometimes has to calm a difficult situation and you also need to try and get the best outcome for your client, but also manage the ego and rivalry of competing titles as well. You know, how, how do you manage that? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> oh, sometimes not as successfully <laughs> as we'd like. I always like. wanted to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, 
God, you know, I mean, there's been many times um, I've ended up in people's bad books, I think, without, I mean, basically unknowingly, not not knowing that I've, I've done something to offend or a story has landed somewhere that somebody else wanted or um, an embargo has been broken or, you know, there's, yeah, it's it, it can be political and um, it's certainly very difficult to keep everybody happy um, and also manage what the client wants. You know, in the end, the client is also we can advise and we can we can say this is this is the channel we think is is best for you. But the client might say, no, all I want is X title or I'm not interested in giving this story to media first. I just want to own it on my channels or, you know, there's there's so many things that the, the client also feels are important. So we've got to weigh that up. Um, and in the end, it's their business. So we can we can recommend, but if a client favours a title or a, an outlet or channel over another, then then we also have to go with that and frequently we bear the brunt of... Um, of yeah a lot of unhappy people um in terms of our decisions so it's really you're kind of um you're a bit of a diplomat I think we try to be diplomats um when we're when we're talking to media and clients and and just try and keep everyone as happy as we can but also get the right result you know it's not just about keeping people happy in the end these are these are living breathing businesses and they need to do what's best to survive and I think Sometimes that gets lost, you know, these, this is not just a game. It's not just about awards and, and rankings and, um, you know, I think that's come really into quite sharp relief in the last few months. I think it's really caused people to sit back and say, gosh, these are people's livelihoods and they're feeding a lot of mouths, literally, you know, their staff and, and the people, their customers, um, you know, they're, they're responsible for a lot of people's well-being. Um, and it's not a game, it's, it's serious. So I think while what we do can sometimes be seen as, um, you know, maybe a nice to have or a a bit, a bit frivolous, I think what we've, what, what we've realized is in the end, our job is to, to help these businesses survive the, the best way possible and, and not, not be led too much by, um, by fear of, of backlash from a media standpoint. You know, we have to do what, what is best for them to keep their doors open. We met um, quite a long time ago, sort of mid-2000s, and I remember we were both reviewers on the Good Food Guide at the time. And, um, you know, you also have the magazine background and you also have a, a husband that works in the restaurant industry. Why Why is the restaurant industry such a... Um, an industry that draws you in what do you love about restaurants and that and the industry oh gosh um so much I mean it it probably it it sounds quite normal I think nowadays that people are in love with restaurants you know I think since since you know you and I started out um you know a, a lot of the time PRs were associated with fashion or with entertainment or you know all these other industries but but restaurant PR wasn't really a thing um, when I started out. You know, there were there were restaurants engaging PRs. You know, there are people like the amazing Monica Brown who's who's been around, you know, for a long time. It's definitely not a new thing. But um, I think I was 
I was drawn to it from, you know, I, I grew up reading Gourmet Traveller and just so excited for every good living, as it was then called, to come out and just kind of devouring that, all of those media channels about restaurants. I really, I really fell in love with it. I guess like many girls would fall in love with fashion or with, um, yeah, film or, or anything else. I just, I was just so drawn to it. And then um, I worked at Gourmet Traveller as a, you know, as a coordinator um, right right down at the bottom and, and it was a kind of a dream come true for me. I just loved being surrounded by these people who wrote about food and knew everything about food and styled the pages and, and knew about restaurants and, um, you know, I spent all of my, all my spare cash going to restaurants. Um, it was just what, it was what I loved and I think, um, then meeting Chris, my husband, who's a sommelier and, and, you know, we, we both fired up each other's passion for it. Um, you know, I loved hearing from him how, how things worked behind the scenes and, and really seeing him work, work his way up in restaurants. It was, um, it was really exciting for me to, to kind of see restaurants then get the start to get the credit, I, you know, we, we kind of all felt they were due. So it's sort of um, now people, people are really passionate about, about restaurants and about chefs. Um, but 10, 12, 15 years ago, um, it, was a bit of a, it was a bit of a novelty. Like it wasn't what people talked about. It wasn't water cooler conversation. You know, it was sort of the advent of things like MasterChef that, that took chefs and restaurants into another um, you know, another zone where, where people started to see them as artists and craftsmen and just be fascinated by how, how a restaurant ran and what food said about a culture and, and a place. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I'm never happier than when I'm sitting in a restaurant. Um, and I think as we all saw in the pandemic, like it just was a, a huge piece of my life that was that was gone, not being able to do that. It seems almost ridiculous, um, but it actually like affected my my soul. I, I guess I realised just how how important that place is to me. It's you know it's it is my other place. It's what I I love. You've had some pretty extraordinary clients. You know some of the most influential restaurants on the on the planet. What's what's been your favourite gig that you've done? Oh. Huck, that's like asking you to name your favourite child. That's really, really cruel. Um, oh, look, I mean, so many. I, I think, I think back to you know the first the first restaurant clients I got. I just couldn't believe it. I literally, you know, the Bentley guys were actually the first guys to employ me and take a, a massive chance. You know, I first met them because I, I had my first date with my husband at Bentley. Um, <laughs> and, you know, then they said, oh, hey, how about, how about you do RPR when I went out on my own? And I just couldn't believe it. Like how could these people possibly trust me with their extraordinary brand? Um, and I'll never forget that, you know, that was, that was amazing to me. And then working with Matt Moran on the opening of Chiswick and that was a real moment too. That was a restaurant unlike any that Sydney had at that time and, it became, you know, that place where, you know, so many interesting people came and it was, 
you know, it was such a such a lively place. Um, that was, you know, also also an amazing moment. And now, you know, working with those clients still ten years on, like that feels that feels pretty special. Um, then working with Noma, um, I mean, they'd never worked with a, a PR company before. I mean, why why would they? They're, they're the most famous restaurant in the world, and we met them um, through our work with Tourism Australia. And working on Noma Australia, and and again, like what another level! It was completely eye-opening, you know, even for someone like me who's been obsessed with restaurants and obsessed with what Noma had been doing. To actually see it in action um, was just incredibly inspiring. Um, and then so lucky to be asked to go with them to Mexico to be kind of embedded in that team and um, and they delivered the most extraordinary pop-up there as well um, after Japan and Australia and to be sitting, you know, feet in the sand um, of the, the, on their restaurant floor for, for, you know, weeks on end um, watching how they worked and, and the effort that went into that and and the care and the ups and downs of it. And I mean, that was extraordinary. What about during the pandemic? You mentioned that you'd lost about 80% of your work. Um, have you picked up any during the pandemic and has it surprised you, the work that you've been getting? Yeah. I mean, look, we sort of, we've picked back up clients, um, which has been Amazing. I mean, really heartening, I have to say. Like people who who we tried to help out during the pandemic as best we could and, and you know, who said as soon as we're able we'll, we'll come back and, and we'll pay you and we'll be clients again and, you know, they've been, they've been good to their word and have seen us as, you know, we're a supplier like, like their, their meat supplier or their, or their wine supplier or, or their cheese guy, you know, we're the, we're the same and they've, they've kind of honoured honored that and come back and supported us. Um, that's been amazing and surprising, you know. I really, didn't, I really didn't think a lot of them would be able to come back and, and they have. They've, in, they've invested with us again, which has been just really quite humbling and beautiful. Um, I'll never forget it. I've really like <laughs> it's it's just like starting out again you know you never forget the people who um who've taken a chance on you uh and then you know we've picked up we've picked up things that are kind of I guess tangential to the restaurant industry things like amazing knives or pans or um you know brands that that also want to talk to chefs and um and and be part of that that hospitality industry as well so that's been, um, yeah, that's been, you know, unexpected and, um, you know, it's, it's up and down. It's a, it really is a roller coaster. Like some weeks our phone rings a lot and we, we have new business prospects coming in the door and we're, we're trying to turn them around really quickly. And then other weeks it's just, it's just dead and, uh, we worry about the next month and keeping the doors open and, you know, it's, it, it is that much of a roller coaster. Um, and I think it will continue to be for, for months, if not, if not longer. You spent the last decade building this business. Um, 
What's it been like during this period? What, what's been the personal challenges that you've had? Um, huge, like hugely challenging. I have to say I probably underestimated the sense of responsibility I feel to a team of, you know, mostly young people um, and people who I care really deeply about. Um, and, you know, we've been a very – I stood up – you know, when, when this first hit and we were just hemorrhaging um, and I had to write, you know, I had to, I had to write a speech to, to kind of get through telling them what was happening um, and I couldn't get through it. Like I really, I found it really, really difficult, you know, to, to tell a team of people who, um, you know, have placed a lot of trust in, in me um, you know, just how bad things were, you know, in a business that has been run very conservatively and, you know, we've never had any investors or, you know, outside sources of income. We've just we've just reinvested and, and built as we've got more clients and it was really tough to, to tell them how bad it was, um, you know, and to, and to come off the back of the bushfires as well, which affected a lot of our clients and we thought that was challenging and, you know, there was debt because of because of that, um, which I imagined would be paid off over the year, and it was it was going to be okay. And then, and then to suddenly be left holding that and not necessarily have the cash flow that we we usually have, because um, I, I run things pretty cautiously. Um, it was really gutting um, to stand people down. Like I never in my life thought that I would have to have to stand people down, you know, who were doing great work and so invested in their clients and great people, you know, who we've been training for years. Um, it was gutting. Um, and it's still, it's still tough, you know. I, I still, you know, I battle with the kind of feeling of, um, of no, my head knowing that it's, it's nothing that we did and nothing we could have avoided, but there's still a sense of, of failing other people, um, it's still really frightening to not know what's going to happen when you're a bit of a anal planner like I am, um, you know. And it can be it can be quite lonely, um, as I think anyone who runs a little business knows. Um, I'm so fortunate. I have, you know, people like Shannon running running the business with me and an amazing team. Um, but it's still, you know, it's. It, you feel responsible for people's livelihoods and their careers and their futures um, and to watch that be out of your control is um, is tough. You often have to have a balancing act between media and the industry and both of those industries are, are damaged in some way at the moment. How, how do you see them moving forward and the role that your play between them given the circumstances we've just had? Mm, I, I think, look, I'm pretty positive about it. I, I really feel that, you know, the hardships borne by both of these industries that are such incredible, vibrant industries, you know, this, this country culturally literally wouldn't be what it is without, no country would, without its restaurants and its media. Like, I really, it's that's the truth. Um, I think... I think their common hardships through this um, 
are probably making them really understand each other and be kinder to each other. I know that might sound trite, but I I really do believe it. I, I've, I'm witnessing it, you know. People are really understanding now of other people's um, hardships and that they're trying to do their best and, and you know, run a business and feed mouths and, um, you know, equally from media, they're, you know, the media I think have been a bit overlooked in this in how much they've also tried to support this industry, you know, that the media who have been reporting on this industry for years and like us, they, they feel part of it, that, you know, whether whether they're seen that way as the industry or not, um, they are. They are part of the industry. Like they feel it the same way and, you know, we're, we're the same. So I think there's a real, a real um, it's, you know, it's been a bit of a come to Jesus, I think. It's, it's a time for people to be quite honest with each other, to show support, lend a hand, take a bit of the pressure off. Um, you know, it's been a very pressured, you know, food media, I think if we're talking about food media specifically, it's been, you know, there's been so much pressure for them as well to get the exclusive to, you know, they've they've had enormous pressures to keep up with, you know, hot lists and top 100s and guides and hat systems and and awards it's it's a lot um and a lot of pressure on media and and so much pressure on the restaurants you know I think it's a pretty it's been quite a fraught system um very tough on on an industry to get judged so harshly and and constantly consistently um day in, day out, year in, year out. It's it's really um, difficult, but it's equally difficult for the media to to who really want to get it right. You know, they want they want to do the right thing for their readers and their audience and viewers, but they also they also want to do right by the by the industry and they're never going to win. You know, it's it's a really it's a really tricky system. And I think this is a good reset. You know, it's a really good reset because for a year when we're not going to have that same pressure and we're going to see what it's like and what's possible and and the other the other ways to do it perhaps has there been a moment during the pandemic that gave you some hope that we'll be okay at the end of this oh so many moments i mean you know i i think you've seen fighting spirit you know from so many people i mean this industry is just so hard hit, you know, and I have so many days where I just feel it's so unfair and I feel kind of exhausted by it. Um, And then other days where I just see people doing the most extraordinary things um, for themselves and their teams but also for each other um, and very, very interesting things, you know, things you might not expect, things that that may have been seen as, oh, I don't know, brand damaging or, you know, not not the right things for them to do and just throwing it all out the window and saying, I don't really care. I have a business to run and um, a community to service and I'm just going to do whatever it takes. And I think that's been extraordinary. It's like the birth of something. Um, and, and even for us, you know, th- th- although there are so many days that are just – you know that are sad and 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 tiring, but there are also these sort of adrenaline fueled kind of wild days where we're 
we're kind of making things up as we go along and trying to find the answers really quickly and and watching my team do that has been really exciting just seeing their their dedication to it you know N- none of them have walked away either and said this is just way too hard you know this industry's tough and you know, it was already tough and now it's even tougher. They all just want to make it work. They want to see everyone come back. They want to do, they want to do their part. And, and, you know, that's the human spirit. That's this industry spirit. And I find that extremely heartening. I know, I know that it will be different, but it will, it will come back and it will be exciting to watch that as much as it's also going to be exhausting and um, difficult. It's, it's like it's like a, a rebirth, really. Looking into your crystal ball, how will PR write the end of this pandemic? I think in many ways this has made us even closer to to our you know our partners, um, our clients, the people that that we see as as partners and and hopefully have have seen us that way during this, you know who've We've been someone to lean on, someone to advise, someone to cry to, someone to understand how tough it is. Um, you know, we've we've been asked questions we never thought we'd be asked, um, and asked to solve things we we never imagined would be problems. And that's the stuff actually we we love. Um, I think if people can can use us as true partners, use the use good PRs as true partners. It's not just about media relations and it's not about the, I don't know, the perceived glitz and glamour of it. It's, you know, the, the parties, the events, the, the influences, the whatever else people's perception of PR is. You know, in the end we're, we're brand strategists. We're, we're people who want to, to build and protect brands and businesses and um, I, I truly believe that, you know, if we've done our job properly, then people will see us as even more vital um, and may use us differently. And that's great. You know, I think is PR the right word for it anymore? I don't even know. I mean, what what are we? <laughs> we're advisors, we're, you know, we're, we're strategists, we're um, comms managers, we're Whatever we are, um, I, I think whatever we are is insiders who understand businesses and want to find solutions. And and if that's the way we can be used, um, then all the better, really. Well, what you are is a consummate professional and amazingly passionate about what you do. Um, loved having you on Deep in the Weeds and really appreciate your time. Um, keep in touch Thanks, Hank. And look forward to bumping into you for a drink. Might be a bit glitz and glamoury, very PR. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, I hope so. (laughs) Maybe in a restaurant. Geez, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, wouldn't that be so nice? That would be so nice. Thank you, Huck, and thanks for everything everything you're doing too. Awesome. Thanks, Janine. Talk soon. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's HOSPO community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram 
at deepintheweedspodcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.